1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We're getting into the final uh, two weeks before uh, kickoff. We have 14 days left, so two weeks from today, it will be game day. Uh, We welcome in our co-host, T.J. Inman. I'm your host, uh, Sammy Jacobs. Uh, We'll be talking uh, Indiana offense, who we think MVPs are at each position, uh, who we think is going to make a, a major impact on this team. T.J., how are you?
2: I am fired up. I'm ready to go. Uh you know, we're going to be talking offense today like you said and um that's a unit that it's certainly difficult to discuss in just 45 minutes because there's so much going on. Um but it's certainly a a bright point and it's just such an explosive unit that I get excited thinking about it.
1: Yeah, and um y- you know, it seems uh it seems like uh and we'll start off with the quarterbacks uh since that is you know the most important uh position aside uh from offensive line on uh yeah. on offense but it seems this week t j uh that the quarterback race is all but over um you know at, at practice we've seen uh richard Legault get the the um the lion's share of the reps with the first team uh it's been mm-hmm. interesting to see uh how Wilson's gonna play it in terms of when he's gonna announce a starter, but uh for all intents and purposes, I, I I believe that this race is is over. Um and that uh Richard Legault will be trotting out with the first team offense uh two weeks from today at uh at seven thirty. So um let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, M V P um obviously it, it'll probably be Lego since he's the starter uh, he brings an NFL-sized body at six six two forty. He he's not there yet in terms of of mechanics. We've seen uh, the two days we're down at practice this week. Uh, they were out in the rain uh, and just getting used to you know. And one of the the blessings of this guys is what there was no thunder, so they could practice outside uh, safely. Um, so. It's, uh, it, it was interesting to see how they handled the wet ball. Um, on, I believe, we're down Monday, it, it was raining, and, and you could see he was having trouble with a wet ball. Um, you know, some passes, you know, fluttered, uh, other passes. Uh, there are a few fumbles and all that stuff. But when we went down on Tuesday, uh, they didn't throw the ball as much, but when, he, when they did, he looked much sharper, much more comfortable with that wet ball and it's something that, you know, you don't get to practice often is in in a real rainstorm, which it was in Bloomington. It it was, you know, not a a monsoon, but it was a heavy, steady rain uh, where it might be something that you have to deal with at FIU. Uh, But going on to the other quarterbacks, I I believe that Danny Cameron is going to be the backup um, to Lego. Wilson called him the, the most consistent backup. He's a guy who, if, Lego goes down, uh, gets hurt, or doesn't perform well, um, may get that that call to duty. Xander um, Diamant, who is the third guy in the race, uh, kind of fell fell out of favor. You, you saw his reps get get cut a little bit, but uh, Wilson said he did respond well. He had his three best days of practice after um, after getting his reps taken away uh, for trying to force things, be a little bit too greedy. But he's a guy who you may see certain packages, uh, a la Trey Robertson in in 2013, where he could come in in the red zone, bolster those numbers because Indiana need that's the one uh, one of the two things that they need to to improve on offense is efficiency in the red zone. Uh, they were not good at, at that last year, and I, I just rewatched the uh, Iowa Michigan games, and there are so many chances where they settled for field goals um, just yeah. because they, they got bogged down there. And, and having a guy like Diamont who can run the read option, add a, a, an element of speed in the run game, and, and he, he could throw it. His arm strength has been better in camp. Um, so, you know, it, it's something that uh, you got to keep an eye on there. Uh, the most encouraging thing, it might not, uh, you know, materialize this year, uh, but it, it's good to see Austin King uh, getting praise for uh, what he's done. He's uh, played very well at camp. He's shown off his strong arm. He probably has thrown the, the best ball out of, out of all of the quarterbacks uh, in terms of velocity and putting it where you need to be. Uh, but I think, um, you know, TJ, it, it's a position where you have weapons around you to get through those growing pains.
2: Yeah, I- I, I'm pleased that it appears Richard Legault has has done enough to separate himself. I think the one thing you, you know, you don't want to have a quarterback get handed the job. You wanted that to earn it. And, uh, you know, Richard Legault coming in from junior college, you typically don't bring in junior college guys to sit on the bench. Um, you know, it's just, it's not worth, the, you know, shortened years that you get them to have them come in and you don't have that time for them to develop as a depth option. So they're going to come in and you expect them to contribute, but you don't want to have it be, well, we brought in a Juco guy. He's big, he's talented. Uh, You know, he looks like a, looks like a big 10 quarterback and, and yeah, he's our starter. You know, that's not, that's not a way to get a guy over with his teammates. It's not a, a way to really develop a leader it's not a way to start somebody's uh, career out in college. And I, I'm I'm pleased that Lego has has done what it's taken to kind of earn the position as opposed to have it handed to him. I think the most important things that he's gonna have to uh, that we're gonna watch for here in the early parts of his uh of his season, which you know, Kevin Wilson made it pretty clear while he was saying, you know, if we were starting today, Lego would be the starter. Um you know, and some other things that he said, but he made it pretty clear that look, if he goes out there and really struggles, we're not going to hesitate go to another guy because we have faith in, you know, Danny Cameron or, you know, Xander Diamant. You know, we'll give them a chance if Legault does not get the job done. So, you know, we're going to have to see number one, his consistency. Uh, that's seemingly been kind of the biggest issue is the consistency of footwork consistency of the uh, you know, this passes. So we're gonna to need to see the consistency and number two, I think we're gonna to need to see decision making. Um, and that's with an up tempo offense. It's an offense you've not run in a game before, if you're you know, Rich Liga. Uh and it's, you know, against defenses that are bigger and faster than what you saw during your college. So we're gonna to need to see the decision making be there. And the consistency be there for for Lego, I think the talent is certainly there. there's no question about that. you know two questions I have for you uh, and you've you've seen Lego quite a bit, just off of your observations, which you know it's not a one for one comparison because he hasn't thrown against those live bullets yet but um, just off your observations, would you say that mobility wise lego is at Nate Sutfeld levels less or, or better. He's not a scrambler. Um, You know, he's not gonna, not gonna bust out a 60 yard touchdown run, but from a, from a mobility standpoint, would you say that he's, you know, comparable to Nate Sutfeld a little bit better, a little bit worse?
1: Um, well, first, off, I want to say, Nate was an underrated scrambler. Uh, he had right. good work, footwork in the pocket. He made guys miss. Uh, you know, <laughs> he he could get you ten to fifteen yards if you needed it on, on a on a scramble. Um, and, yep. and he ran the read option pretty well in the in the red zone. Uh, he scored a couple touchdowns against FIU. Um, he almost scored a, a tying touchdown against uh, Michigan. Uh, he just couldn't make guys miss all the time in space. I, I would say go is about even, maybe a little less. Um, he's probably a little bit more athletic uh, than um, Sudfeld, but he just doesn't seem to have that uh, shiftiness that, that Nate had. And, and maybe that'll come in time when you're going against a live defense. And it, 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 you're right, it is hard to judge um, when you know yeah. that – you're probably not going to get hit. Although we have seen in practice a couple monster hits on the quarterback, uh, quarterbacks this year. Um, so maybe uh, in the game uh, you'll see, it, it was also the last two two days have been wet uh, tracks. So, you know, maybe that they discouraged the quarterbacks from actually running and cutting on, on wet turf. Uh, to avoid injury. But I, I would say the, the him and Sunfield are pretty much even in, in terms of, of scrambling ability. Um, okay. And then but, kind of the uh, second uh, second question for you, same thing,
2: really. Um, but with a the deep ball, kind of the 30 to 40 yard, um, you know, down the sideline, lofting it over the defense, trying to get it to your receiver in stride, you know, kind of those big play moments, which – Nate Sudfeld turned into a very good deep ball passer. Where do you think Legos at with that right now? We know he has a big arm. How accurate have you seen it be with
1: the deep ball? Um, You've seen it where you go, oh, my gosh, that was a really pretty pass, and and it worked out perfectly. And then there are other times where he's overthrowing or underthrowing receivers. He has the ability to do that. We've seen it. We saw it in the spring game. We've seen it a handful of times in practice. It's just a matter of getting the consistency there, and I think with the more more reps and more reps with the first team, getting used to these guys' is speed. I mean, a lot goes into these deep balls and, and, and timing, and getting to know your receivers. And it's all a matter of of repetitions. And now that he's getting the bulk of uh, those first team reps, he should look more comfortable. And that's something we'll we'll keep an eye out at practice tomorrow. Is how is he progressing from Monday and Tuesday to Friday? Um, and I believe yeah. it's the last practice we're going to see. So uh, before we see them take the field at FIU. So, you know, it, it's it, it, he needs to be more consistent in it. But he throws a good deep ball uh, when it's on. Um, now, it's not one out of every ten passes that it's on. It's probably, you know, one out of every Three, uh, and he probably needs to get it down to, to one out of every two, um, or yeah. two out of every three uh, to be good. Um, but Nate, a yeah, great ball. You, you can't have
2: those. You can't have those like one out of every two or three. That that would be good. You just you need to make sure that those those two that you miss are not resulting in turnovers because those can absolutely cripple an offense. And an offense that is you know, as really productive as Indiana's, you just – you can't give up. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm really looking you know, forward
1: that, that to was, seeing the go. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, that was the one of the things that Nate did well is usually when he threw the ball. Yes. I uh the Rutgers game and a great play by Desmond King in the Iowa game that yes. he really threw it to where his receiver um, could get it and, and limited those interceptions. So we'll see. You know, the goal, hes missed it where you know his, where only his guys could make the play. But there are also times where, you know, the defensive back has dropped interceptions, or they've made a terrific play. And one of those guys, when we do our defense preview um, next week, uh, to talk about is Jonathan Crawford. Um, but this—I uh, don't want to get into the defense too much today. But it, all the excitement is—it's it's justified because. Uh, they're flying around. Their attitude is different, um, and th- they seem like they know what they're doing this year as opposed to just going out there and, and guessing last year. Um, but I, I offensively, uh, let's switch to the running back, CJ. Uh, I think this is um, along with uh, the offensive line will go one hand-in-hand uh, hand to bring the quarterback play along. Um, Kevin Wilson joked that he would run the ball 80 times a game if he had to. I, and I, I think they can against a team like FIU or a, a, you know a team like Ball State and, and Wake Forest, where you could line up and you know your offensive line is that much better than um, than the opponent's defense. So it, you know we'll we'll see if they could take baby steps at the quarterback position while relying on that run game to get uh, Lego and and whoever's behind him game reps, get them used to the speed of the game, and get them, you know, dip a toe in the water before really diving into to Big Ten play on October 1st. Uh, but my um, my uh, MVP for for running back, uh, this is a hard one. I, I debated it with myself uh, a, a yeah. long time, uh, TJ. Uh, the, obvious, the obvious pick would be Divine Redding, uh, but I, I have uh, just a few concerns about Divine uh, being that number one back, uh, is he explosive enough? Is he an efficient enough receiver, uh, runner? Uh, which Divine Redding is going to show up? Is it going to be the guy who carried IU's offense, uh, offensive running game the last three games of the year, or is it going to be the guy who we saw average 2.1 yards per carry against Ohio State and Penn State? Now, those are two very good defenses, um, but – yeah, it's it, it, that's kind of a red flag to me. Is you know you're not going to be playing Maryland and Purdue and and Duke's rush defense every week, so you're going to need another guy. But I I would say the I I might have to go with Devonte Williams. I uh, I think until Camion comes back and Camion's a hundred percent, Devontae Williams is a guy who can take some of the heat off of Devine. He has the speed to to take the ball to the house from wherever he is on the field, Um, and that's something that IU's running game has has been missing since Tevin was there. Now, Devine had a a nice couple runs where he broke loose and and went 65, 70 yards, but I think um, guys like Majette and and Devontae Williams are going to have that ability to take some of that off of, of Devine Redding uh but if you know Devine is the guy who's going to get the ball he's the guy who you know if he's efficient enough can carry the ball 25 to 30 uh 30 times a game but i, I have to say it, it might be an mvp by by committee there uh because they all complement each other
2: yes yeah, i i agree with you is a very very difficult decision to to make And you could go a lot of different ways with it. You could say, well, you know, the ceiling with Camion Patrick is the highest. Um, So I'm going to choose him as the MVP. And, you know, granted, we are, I mean, we've been as high as anybody, probably higher than anybody, on the potential of Camion Patrick and what he could mean for this offense. Um, You know, it's,
1: it's, it's kind just of, hard to pick an MVP who's going to play yeah, in maybe eight games at most.
2: You know, you're not – you don't want to just get so wrapped up in the hype of what on Patrick could be that you kind of lose sight of the players that you've seen before at a D1 level and, uh, you know, the players that have are going to be producing for 12 games, at least you hope. Uh, health-wise, will be producing for 12 games. You know, it's difficult to to pick Kami on there. I think he does have the highest ceiling of the group, but you know, I, you know you're not going to go with him. Uh, I'd love to choose Tavarnadi, but that would be just a total homer pick on my part. Um, <laughs> Devonte Williams is a is a good choice, uh, just because of the explosive nature that he does provide and that ability to, you know, take it to the house every time you touch the football. Uh, you don't get that too many guys, and Devontae Williams brings that. I'm really glad they moved him to running back. I think he adds an element that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have. Um, I'm going to go with Devine Redding just because of the workhorse capability, uh, and I think working you know, behind this offensive line and within this offensive system, I think you will see more efficiency out of him. Uh, I think you're going to see him get, I think, a realistic number is somewhere between 15 to 20 carries a game. Um, You know, I I think that Kevin Wilson and Kevin Johns have every intention to run the ball more this season than than they have at any point uh, in their time in Indiana. And that's for multiple reasons we've talked about. You know, the quarterback, new quarterback, uh, the offensive line being as dominant as it could be. Uh, You know, and I think the running back core – being deeper and having more options uh, versatility-wise than they've ever had. Um, I don't think that's even particularly close. I don't think you can have an argument about any other running no, back are, they've had here for seven. a long time.
1: Yeah, there are seven guys who are probably going to play. And, and talking to McCullough uh, for a running back's preview, um, I asked him about – you know, how many touches does a freshman need in order to make it worthwhile? And he said, if they could help us win a game, it's worth it for that year. So guys like Cole Guest, uh, Keontae Ennis, who has slid over to the slot position with the Jayshon injury, um, and and Tyler Dady, they're guys who bring a certain skill set that is unique to, um that, that running backs room and, and Cole Guest is is a guy who you we've seen in practice get a lot of reps. And he's, he's gonna play he looks, he's gonna play. He is gonna play. And, and whether or not yep. it's gonna be five carries a game and used on kickoff returns, um he might back up Mitchell Page on punt returns. The guy can run. Um Keontae Ennis looks good at receiver. Um and Tyler Nady, he's a guy I I mean, it's if you like drawing up your own plays on Madden, he's the he must be the most fun guy to have on a video game, um, and he must be a fun guy to coach too, because you you could go to bed thinking of ways to 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 use him on offense, um, and, and he's, you know, Wilson said he was 280. He looks less than 280, and he has great footwork, quick feet for big guy, um, and, and he's going to be a force. He's going to be a force to bring down. So, um, you know. I think you're going to see more of a power team this year. Although, think second half Michigan last year, where they just ran the ball right. down their throats. That's going to be the goal for this offense, uh, at least early in the year, uh, is to just wear the the, the defense out. And, and uh, that's going to start up front as well, TJ. Let's um, move on to offensive line. Well, I, one one thing one, real
2: one, quick. One one thing real quick. Um, I wanted to mention Mike Majet. Um, you know, he's a guy that if I'm picking an under-the-radar type to maybe surprise a lot of people with the impact he'll have, uh, not fans that really follow the Hoosier football program closely, but those that you know are just a casual fan, I don't think they know who Mike Majette is. Um, and I, I think he's a very, very capable of being a really good player and a really important player uh, for IU's offense because of how versatile he can be. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um I, I think he's a very capable runner. He's gonna, I think he's got a nice yep, he's, he's got gonna, a nice burst to him that I, I don't yeah it's I don't want to take too much for one game, but against Rutgers he was really electric. I mean they couldn't do anything with him when he got the ball against Rutgers. That was really his first opportunity to showcase himself with the ball in his hands uh for a you know multiple number of times in a game. Then after that he got hurt. Um, you know, he was not healthy at the end of the season. Forget about him. Uh, But I I think Mike Mingett is going to have his chance to get his hands on the ball, you know, I don't know, 10 times a game, something like that. I think they'll use him in some different ways. And I I think he's going to be a a good part of this offense that a lot of people are not remembering that he's a part of this program. I think they're going to remember him quite a bit when they watch this season.
1: Yeah, and that's another guy who, as you said, is versatile. He's uh, the primary kick returner right now. Um, yeah. And, and we'll see, good. you know, a good he, role. he's yeah, good role. It's a good role for him. You could. Th- there's just so many guys and only one ball. So, you know, we'll see, how, you know, we'll get a lot better idea of how they're going to use him after week one. Are are they going to give him five, ten touches a game, or is it going to be more? Um, but he's, I think, a clear number two uh, at running back. I think him and Devontae Williams are a 2A, 2B type of guy. Yeah. Um, who they both have similar skill sets uh, and Majet can catch the ball. We saw that against Rutgers. Um, so you know it, it's really a really fun time to be the running backs coach at, at Indiana. Um, and TJ, we're we're gonna move to the offensive line. I, I'm gonna put a, a caveat in for MVP. We all know it's Dan Feeney, um, All American. Yeah. So who besides Dan Feeney is the MVP of that line? Um, right. And I, I think it, it'll be uh, Demetri Camille um, at, at the right tackle position. Uh, he's a veteran guy. He's very good. He flies under the radar um, on that offensive line as a guy as a constant producer. Uh, he does have you know a few issues with penalties. He you know the false starts and some holdings, but he's been rock solid for them at, at tackle. So um, aside from Dan Feeney, who is all worlds at, at, at guard. Um, I think Dimitri Camille will solidify that tackle position as, as I use trying to figure out the other tackle position, uh, getting Brandon Knight back from a uh, foot sprain. Coy uh, Cronk has been running with the ones, and, and Wilson has been so high on him, calling him the best freshman they've had uh, on the line since he's been there. Um, and, and, you know, who knows? You might see Koi Kronk starting at, at left tackle as a true freshman in the Big Ten, which would be very, very impressive. Um, but right uh, yeah, now I think um, Demetri Camille deserves the recognition. Um, he's been very solid, and uh, he'll he'll help anchor that, that line with Dan Feeney. Camille is, uh,
2: is also the guy that I chose um, in the – MVP, non Feeney division. Um, I I don't really think there's a, another obvious answer. Um, you know, I think that Wes Martin and Wes Rogers are uh, the two guys kind of – that you – they're not locked into spots just yet. Um, I, I think that it's – you know, you've got one of them that's a senior – a uh, fifth year guy, you got another sophomore, you got Jacob Bailey that is a very good player he's, that you're, he's you're been just very hoping, very solid. Hoping and, he can stay healthy. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah, really the big issue with him. You're hoping he can stay healthy. And if he does, you know, he'll start the whole year uh at the, the left guard position and, and you won't think twice about that spot. It'll be really good. But Demetri Camille just said yeah, uh, Underrated, I think, criminally underrated, and it's understandable why. Playing next to Beanie, and then with Jason Spriggs on the line, you're not going to give a ton of accolades. Third best lineman on IU's offensive line, but uh, he's he's worthy of you know being sent to the IU media day uh, with the Big Ten, or excuse me, the Big Ten media day with IU as a representative. Uh, he's worthy of that. He's worthy of being on the award watch lists. Uh, he's he's just a, a really good player, and he's. He's a fun guy to watch in interviews. He's always really energetic, really he's happy. Got, he's he's really always pleased. got a smile. I, this, yeah, yeah. The,
1: you know, to me, that's what stands out, is he thoroughly enjoys playing football at IU, and he's always yeah. got the biggest grin on his face when he's talking with us or, you know, during, during games. I, I'm not sure if he smiles while he's running people over, but maybe he is, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Um, but he's a guy. I, I think Jacob Bailey is another guy who flies under the radar a little bit. Um, but it's good to have some depth there as well. With you know, you have Stepniak and Hunter Littlejohn, um, and, and then you have Wes uh, Wes Martin, who who could spell Jacob Bailey if Jacob Bailey needs uh, needs a, a a blow or you know needs a rest. Um, or something like that during a game, especially when you go down to Florida. It's going to be hot and humid, um, and you could run out two offensive lines that are clearly better than the, the defensive line than at, at FIU. Um, TJ, so the you, guy... Has um, Wes,
2: Rogers been, Wes Rogers been locked in as starting center for FIU game? Is that
1: your understanding? I, I would... He's been with the ones. Uh, I think Hunter Littlejohn's there too. I, but Wes Rogers has taken the majority of the snaps, and they've been moving yeah. guys around uh, in practice recently just to see where guys play. They had uh, Bailey at center uh, last uh, last week as well, um, and Dan Feeney playing tackle. So they're they they know this is a veteran line. They know what they're doing, and right now Coach Fry is just trying to hey, if one of my guys goes down, who can I plug in where and do that? So it's hard to tell who's actually going to start there um, from the last couple practices uh, just because they've been moving guys in and out of the lineup just to to get them used to playing a different position. Um, sure. But a, a position that goes hand-in-hand with the line um, is tight end, and uh, this one was pretty straightforward uh, MVP. It has to be Danny Friend. Um, he's a guy who is underappreciated. He's been hampered by injuries, but he's been so good when he's played. Uh, he really makes that IU run go, game go by sealing off that edge uh, for the running backs to run around. Uh, he's been a factor in the passing game. I think he's going to be a bigger factor in the passing game this year. Uh, they've lined him up in tight and, and flex him out a little bit. Um, but Danny Friend is the guy who makes this offense go uh, a little bit more, yep. and he deserves the recognition. I think he's – if he could stay healthy, this this run game shouldn't miss a beat. Uh, another guy, TJ, to keep an eye on is uh, Ian Thomas. Uh, his Juco transfer from the Nassau Community College. He's a big body. He's an athletic body, um, and he's going to be that receiving tight end who could block as well. Um, but he – to me looks like a quarterback's best friend. Um, he's a big body. He can catch his great hands, uh, catch the ball over the middle and just looks like that, that great, uh, you know, escape, uh, valve for, for quarterbacks to check down to. So that's a guy who, who I think has impressed in camp, uh, came in a little bit under the radar, um, from JUCO with Lego coming as well, um, and then of course you have uh, Jordan Fuchs, who's athletic um, is a matchup nightmare. A little smaller on the bulky side, but you know he he tries at blocking. He does an okay job, not a great job, um, but he can catch the ball. He, he's too big for corners, too fast for, for safety or linebacker, and, and could, um, could be a, a real weapon for IU uh, next year uh, or this year. And then you have uh, Ryan Watercutter as well in there, and, and Austin Doris, who's been a little banged up, who uh, could also uh, become a real weapon as well. You could see these guys, maybe they go two, three tight ends. And, and to me, the tight end as a receiving position is should help that red zone efficiency. Um, now you have bigger bodies where you can throw it up, um, maybe run them across the middle, and, and they have the hands to catch it. So that that's my take on the tight end position.
2: Yeah, I, you know the the red zone offense. It, you've talked about it, and it it absolutely is an area that has to be improved. You know, it sounds uh, nitpicky to. To criticize anything about the offense, but I think the coaching staff would probably agree. Uh, you know, they, they just they got into the red zone and settled for field goals far too often, and it, it cost them points. And I know it. I know it bugs those guys to no end, and they've spent all offseason trying to figure out ways to improve it. So that's definitely something to watch for as the season gets going. Is what are they doing differently in the red zone that's going to make a difference for that? that Red Sea number, it needs to improve. That's something that we'll keep track of during our game recaps and during our podcasts, and, you know, we'll be following that stuff and and trying to figure out how they've done it. And I think, you know, like you said, tight end could be a spot where, you know, Fuchs and Thomas and Friend and, and Doris, those guys have the bodies that, in theory, should make for very good red zone targets. So we'll see if that plays out. But I agree with you. Uh, Danny friend, the MVP of the group, he's just such a good blocker. It's something that does not, not really get appreciated. Um, you know, at first, sorry about that. An airplane just flew by fairly close loud as I'll get up, but, uh, Danny Friend's such a good blocker. He seals the outside. Uh, he's like having an extra tackle out there that you can also throw the ball to. Um, we saw, you know, when the tight end group was banged up, Brandon Knight do that. And, I, you know, Danny Friend is is that, really, uh, such a good blocker. And it, it's absolutely critical for the running game. Um, I'm excited to see Ian Thomas, a guy that I think athletically could be, you know, I think he's athletically probably better than Friend and, and maybe a little bit less than Fukes, but kind of a blend of the two. Um and then Austin Doris is a guy that I love coming out of high school. It's unfortunate he's, he's battled some, you no know, no major injuries here uh, coming into the season, but just some nagging stuff that's maybe going to keep him back a little bit at the start of the year uh, as far as the role goes. But I, I think you'll see quite a bit of two tight end sets, and it sounds like the two tight ends that you'll see – if yes, you know the starters, quote unquote, are in there, which is kind of a silly term with this offense because they're going to rotate so much, it appears. But it appears that the first two tight ends that you'll see will be Danny Friend followed up by Ian Thomas as that second tight end. Um, or if they're going with the more receiver uh, type set, maybe you'll see Pukes as the second guy. But um, it, it's a it's a good group, not a great group, but a good one. Um, and I, I think it. If Danny Friend stays healthy, I think he's in for a very, very nice season. Not just receiving, but blocking has to be taken into account. You can't just look at his receiving numbers and say, well, didn't look like he did that much. If if you're just doing that, you're ignoring the best part of his game.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. And, and, you know, the, the red zone, I'll say it again, it has cost them some games in the past settling for three. And I know Griffin Oaks is as yeah. good as anybody kicking field goals, but um, you, you saw it. It cost them the bowl game uh, with Sammy Cobbs' uh, drop pass and settle for a field goal. Um, and, and it probably cost them Michigan and, and Iowa as well, where, you know, if you take – I think they, they kick three field goals in the first half. If you take yeah. two of them and, or even one of them and score a touchdown – uh, it's a different outcome, um, and that's something that, you know, as good as this offense is, it, it could be so much better um, and, and could even put up even more points. You saw them, they averaged, I think, 38 points per game last year. They could push that to 45 uh, if they improve their their red zone uh, efficiency. Um, next, TJ, uh, let's go to the wide receivers. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the deepest, uh, probably the strongest uh, – groups on the field for IU. Um, you know, you, you have your starters uh, in Ricky Jones, Simi Cobbs, and Mitchell Page. And I, I kind of divvied up the MVP two different ways. I, I think the best player in that group is Simi Cobbs uh, in terms yep. of size, talent. He, there's nobody else on the team who could do what he could do. Uh, but the heart and soul of this team is Mitchell Page. Um, and as Mitchell Page goes, IU will go. He is the Energizer Bunny at practice. Uh, he's loves this team, uh, and he loves this school, and he generally just loves football. So, um, you know, it, he's I, – I, I'll put it as co-MVPs. I think him and uh, and Simi Cobbs are co-MVPs. Uh, emotionally, I think Mitchell Page is that leader of that group, um, you know, and, and that's not discounting Ricky Jones, who, who's a very solid player as well. But those two guys make the, this unit go, and uh, they all complement each other. Page is more of a, a possession receiver who can make guys miss in space and turn a eight-yard pass into a thirty-yard pass. And and Simi, you know, you could throw the deep ball to him. Uh, you could, you know, run a comeback with him, make a body up against a. Uh, a corner, uh, but he he's needs to catch the ball a little bit better than last year. And then Ricky Jones, you know, can stretch the field, can be that possession receiver. He's kind of a mixture of both, um, and, and he's you know one of those guys who could run by people as well. So those three, <coughs> excuse me, uh, those three you know complement each other very well. And then you have depth with Nick Westbrook, uh, who's turned some heads in camp. Um, made an excellent catch in the bowl game last year, uh, came on mm-hmm. strong last year as well. He's a guy who's similar to in size, um, may be with uh, a little more, more time, can become Simeon's replacement uh, after, you know, Simeon goes to the next level or graduates uh, whenever that happens. Uh, Luke Timian has, has, Gained a bigger role in there, um, especially with Jason Harris out. Um, and then you have Isaac James, who, who could be a burner as well uh, in that slot, and, and Keontae Ennis, who um, who will give you a bigger slot receiver and, and has good hands and, and could, you know, again, another big body for, for that red zone offense uh, as well. And then uh, there are a couple walk-ons. Uh, I think Justin Berry is a guy who's interesting. He hasn't really gotten a lot of reps in practice, but he's a talented guy. He's coming off an injury from high school, um, so we'll see how much they use him this year, or if they redshirt him. And then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you have other guys, uh, uh, Taser Mack, uh, who might redshirt, but he's made some great plays in uh, in practice as well. So. Um, co-MVPs for, for Mitchell Page and, and Sammy Cobbs.
2: Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, the first three are, are very established, and really, I think the first four uh, receivers that you'll see in terms of reps are, are established. Uh, Nick Westbrook being the fourth guy. Um, you know, I won't disagree with anything you said uh, about about Cobbs or Page. You know, Cobbs is your uh, I mean, it's how many times did we see last season just the the development of the kind of 10 to 15-yard out route. Cobbs runs up, we'll say, 10 yards, the hard pivot, and it's an out towards the sideline. And there's not much that a defensive back can do about it. just the quarterback puts it, you know, a little bit up high, let Cobbs just kind of reach up and get it. There's not much the defensive backs can do about it. So it's a real go-to route for Indiana, and then Cobb's also showing the the speed to get down the sideline and and turn maybe an out route into an out and go uh, and beat the defensive back that that bites on the out route. Um, He got a little bit better just making the the simple plays. That is something that still needs to, to improve, is being consistent with that, and I think you'll see that this season as the next development of his game, the next step up for him will be just making those, and I say simple, they're not simple. But the quote-unquote simple plays for a Division One Big Ten receiver that you expect him to make, making those on a on a near every time basis. Uh, so I think you'll see that Mitchell Page just so much fun to watch. Um, and then I, you know, the guy that I'm going to say is kind of the under the radar, uh, under the radar player that I expect to have kind of a bigger contribution than I think most are expecting out of him is going to be Luke Kimmian. Uh, solid route runner, showed off good hands. Uh, last season when the ball was thrown to him, which was not very often, but um, I think that what I've heard coming out of camp and what I saw last season was a guy that I think when he's in the game will develop a trust level with the coaches and with the, the quarterback to – whoever it is, Lego or someone else, I think that they'll end up really trusting him as a guy that they can throw the ball to and uh, have him make the catch. I think you could see him uh, turn into, you know, that fifth guy that is just a, I don't know, I, I'm reaching for a comparison here, but, uh, you know, Indiana did not really throw the ball very often to anyone other than their top three receivers last season. And I, I think you'll see Westbrook and Timian and potentially a second slot guy, which right now appears to be Isaac James. And I really liked him at Carmel High School. I thought he was really good with the ball in his hand. And I, I don't see any reason that can't be the case now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit much to expect six receivers to – to get the ball a lot. But I think you'll see the fourth and fifth guys, Westbrook, and I think Timmy, it could be Donovan Hale, uh, could be one of the freshmen, Mack or Banker, that breaks out. But I'm going to say Timmy as two guys uh, that can get 20-plus catches for Indiana. Maybe you see the production of, of the top three dip just a little bit and see more of a balance. Uh, balanced attack where it's not just a big three it's the big three and then not a gigantic drop off to the the fourth and fifth guys I think you'll see Westbrook and Timian, uh get some more receptions than we saw out of the the fourth and fifth targets a year ago
1: yeah I just think the talent is is overall better than than Damon Graham and you know, Andre Booker played well in the last couple games, uh, last half of last year, but I think t- overall talent is, is much better um, yeah. uh, depth-wise to where you can roll two or three groups of wide receivers out and, and the drop-off is, is just not as steep. Whereas last year when they went with Damon Graham, Andre Booker, and a, a third receiver, they would probably hand it off to uh, Jordan Howard. And it, it kind of became predictable this year. I think they have a lot more talent and depth to where it it won't be as predictable to where you'd put your second team out there and they're just going to run the ball. Um, But, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, They are going to miss Jason Harris. He was, you know, people say he was the fastest guy on the team. I think that's, you know, it's going to hurt. But guys like now they have the depth with Isaac James uh, and Mitchell Page and, and Keontae Ennis uh, moving to wide receiver to make up for that loss, and you just feel bad for Harris. He, you know, missed last year with an ACL injury. He hurt his other knee this year, and it's just tough. Just rehabbing. He he got all the way back. Uh, had a good spring. Was having a great fall camp, and and then hurt his other knee, and and you can't help but just feels feel bad for the kid and. Hopefully he makes a full recovery and is back on the field um, for 2017 um, and, and maybe get a, a medical hardship waiver and, and get a, get another year back because um, uh, th- this just stinks for him. Uh, but anyway, yeah. TJ, we are out of time. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking IU football. Uh, we'll talk next week and go over the, uh, the defense. We'll do the same type of thing. And then before you know it, it will be – um game week and and we'll be handing out our team previews we'll do our preview podcast as well um yep just two more weeks yeah yeah i've uh been studying up on fiu i'm
2: i'm uh getting ready for that game week content that we're gonna have we'll have a lot of good stuff up um you know it'll be our our same game coverage we gave you last week year excuse me but uh, on steroids a little bit we're going to go even bigger uh, this season, and and I think, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I think we'll give you uh, as good a coverage as you'll find uh, to prepare you for the game, and then to to recap each game, and then, you know, get you prepared for the next one, so hopefully, um, it's always fun, more fun when the team's winning, so hopefully, we have to cover a lot of winning football this year, and I'm excited for it, you know, wrap up the offense, Uh, this could be, Obviously, you've got a big question mark at quarterback, but I think that Richard Legault has the physical tools to, you know, he's not going to be Nate Sudfeld, you know, right out of the gate. That's unrealistic, and I hope people don't expect that, but I think he's got the physical tools to be more than adequate, and I think he's got the weapons around him that this could be an offense that is equal to last year's uh, Big Ten leading attack. So, it's going to be fun to watch them. There's a lot of puzzle pieces to put into place for the coaches to work with and a lot for us to analyze as we uh, get ready for the game and then wrap up each game. So it's going to be really fun.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully our readers will 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 know about all the opponents just as well as they know IU because um, that's our goal, informed uh, viewership. Um will help you impress your friends knowing uh, who FIU is, uh, who the big playmakers are. Um, as well as the other schools. But uh, we'll we'll be back next week. TJ, I'll be doing the show from the beach in Long Island. Um, so be jealous. And uh, after that, we'll probably do our preview show uh, from Florida.
2: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't suck for you. No, no it
1: doesn't. Um, but anyway, guys, <laughs> thanks for, for joining us. Head back to uh, HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, the emblems are on on top of the site also if you 're a student uh, or have kids going back to school uh, school supplies if you buy them through amazon, uh, please uh, try and buy them through who 's your it helps support us uh, helps us uh, bring you better content uh, and, and give some of these uh, writers uh, a little incentive to to do uh, to do more work uh, so use the amazon ad it's it 's still up now as the Athlon Uh, Football Preview Magazine. So click on that, buy whatever your kid needs for school. If you're a college student, buy your textbooks through Amazon. uh, Please check us out as well. Every little bit helps. Um, So good luck with school. Uh, We'll be back next week and just two more weeks till football. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon.
3: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media.